welcome to D4 Sports, Day Drinking with Don and Dustin. I'm Don. And I'm Dustin. We're coming to you from Lubbock, Texas. And London, England. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. Welcome everyone to D4 Sports, another milestone, I guess. Episode 15 feels like a milestone. Dustin, how are you doing? I'm great, and I'm great with episode 15. That was my uh, number in high school and in college, so 15 is actually my number. So hopefully it translates into D4 to just kind of get us moving right along where we want to go. Well, and I'm sure that just you're just hyped for the game. You feel up. You feel you're on your A game, yeah? Yeah, pumped. Got the shooting shirt on, ready to go. Got to tie my shoes yet, but, you know, we'll go. There's plenty of time, plenty of time. Uh, yeah, and so, you know, this is actually, a, a, you know, there's a, a, well, there's all sorts of interesting stuff this week. First off, I it's an all-Texas show. It's an all-Texas show this week. Normally it's, it's Normally it's London and Lubbock, but I am in the uh, great state of Texas, and I, I can attest the stars at night are big and bright when you can see them. Uh, I'm in Arlington, Texas, and, uh, you know, for some family stuff, I'm going to be here for a couple of weeks, so we're going to, Dustin's still in Lubbock, so we're, we're not in the same room yet, but hang on, listeners, hang on to your seats, because we will be doing some actual, legit live podcasts coming to you over the next week or two. Dustin, I, I'm I'm pretty fired up about that. How about you? I'm actually really fired up about that. Um, just get to, one, we get to hang out, uh, yep. but, but two... Uh, do it together, see what it's like, have fun with that. It'll be good. Good times. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to that. So uh, we're in the same time zone. So here we are, 6.30. A couple of days late for us. Typically record on Tuesdays, but here we are. This is Thursday, November the 9th. And uh, again, episode 15, D4, Animal Style. And we'll, uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna leave that hanging for a little bit. But Dustin, we're going Animal Style, you know, just like they do at In-N-Out Burger. You know, kind of an institution uh, in California, anyway, and I know it has actually spread out to Texas. And there's there's uh, In and Out out here now, right there. It it yes, there is In and Out, and and you have in Texas, you're gonna have uh, a debate on whether In and Out is is the go to or Whataburger. Now, if you ask a true Texan, they're gonna say Whataburger. If you ask a transplant, you're you're probably gonna get an In and Out. Yeah. You know, well, my niece, uh, you just started attending uh, Texas Tech University in the great city of Lubbock uh, this fall. And uh, my daughter uh, was, uh, you know, talking about, uh, they, they talked about Whataburger, and I guess they went to Whataburger uh, when they had visited Lubbock. And my sister's response was something to the effect of, uh, why is this a big deal? And um, I, I, what my response to her was, well, I think I've only had Whataburger once. You remember when that was? Uh, no, I know you've had it, but I don't remember the exact moment that you had this. Oh, I might. It's not. A I might remember. That you don't remember. <laughs> yeah. No, now I think it's slowly. It's slowly integrating back into my mind. It was one of these trips where, well, let's just say it was late at night. Uh, there is a D four trip. It was a D four trip. There was plenty of imbibery that had happened, and uh, I, yeah, it it was probably I don't know. It was late. Um, and we had Probably 
It, yeah. I was going to say it probably. I, I wasn't sure if Whataburger was 24 hours, but I was thinking somewhere between. There's a reason it's 24 hours. 1.30 and 2.30. So all that to say, you know, and I certainly enjoyed it that night, although the next morning I, you know, was, you know, not uh, as pleased with myself for consuming Whataburger at 2.30 in the morning. But what I, what, I, what I told my sister was, I said, well, here's the thing. You'll have a good idea of how much your daughter is drinking in college based on how often she eats Whataburger. That's, that's a, not that's a, a false statement. That's a pretty good proxy. That's a pretty good proxy uh, for Texas college students. How much Whataburger? How much consumption? I think you could draw a pretty straight line there. I, my experience. And and Shelby, if you're listening, venture out to other places. Indeed. Uh, speaking of imbibing, uh, here I am. It is 6.30 in the evening, so I have a little uh, gin and tonic. Uh, doing a little mixed drink. Oh, you look like you got a can of gin and tonic, but it's not, is it? No, it's the liquid death. It's got the skull on it. You know, it's right up my alley with my job. So yeah, well, no doubt. Here we go. No doubt. Any, any? Uh, did you log any good hearse hours this week? Uh, no, not really. But I've, I've definitely logged some hours at work. Well, so unfortunately, when we're busy, hmm, that's not good for other people. Yeah, it's not always the uh, the greatest news in the world. But uh, speaking of news. Shortly after we recorded last week, big time Millwall news, big time Millwall news, we have a new manager, ladies and gentlemen. We have woo, woo. Uh, Joe Edwards. Uh, did you uh, take any uh, chance to read about Joe Edwards, uh, Dustin? I didn't, I didn't read a whole lot. Uh, I did read what you sent me, though, um, in regard to, to who he is. And I think he's got uh, a resume that could potentially uh, be a good thing for us moving yep. forward. Um, he's got some, some good background, um, some big time games under his belt too. Yep. So if, if what his resume ha- has on it can get us moving forward, I think he can really uh, put people in the right positions and help us really, uh, well, really get fo- go forward with it. But at the same time, we're pretty far down. So we got a, a long road to go. Yeah, no, and you know, former Chelsea assistant uh, was the England under twenty manager just most recently, and and what, from what I read, uh, pretty fiery guy, pretty pretty driven. So he's gonna, you know, stories are that he's gonna come in and he's not just gonna kind of, you know, sit around and wait for things to happen. He's a, a go get him, go change it up, and let's face it, we are what what's our record? Four, five, and six, seventeen points. We are in eighteenth place, but thankfully, seven points clear of the relegation line and Joe Edwards could not have asked for a better first game. Right. Because number one, very it's, much so it's at the den. Uh, it's on remembrance day or veterans day here in the U S. So all mm-hmm. sorts of poppy gear, everybody wears poppies in the UK for remembrance day, you know, the 11th month, the 11th hour, the 11th day, the 11th month, right. When the world war one armistice was signed, uh, that's right. his first home game. And they're playing Sheffield Wednesday who have only won one game this year. So, Millwall. Get your, get your feet wet. Get, let's do it. Let's do it. Pretty excited. Pretty excited to see that. So, uh, big Millwall news. We're, we're hopefully, hopefully that's gonna, uh, gonna go well. Let me, uh, let me throw another one out here. And I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Novak Djokovic won the Paris Masters last weekend. First tournament he has played since the U.S. Open. Meanwhile, Carlos Alcaraz. Has not won a tournament since the U.S. Open. He's played in three. 
he has gone out progressively earlier every time. In fact, he went out in the round of 32, which was the first match he played to some no-name guy. Uh, and has lost the number one ranking back to Mr. Djokovic. And uh, just not looking not looking too solid. Have you followed up on any of this, uh, any of the late season tennis stuff, Dustin? No, not lately. But I, I want to ask you this. Do you think after... Um, well, especially for Alcaraz, who is fairly new to the scene, unlike Novak, who has been at the top of his game for uh, a decade at least, who can go to the U.S. Open, do well, obviously, and then continue to play at that high level versus Alcaraz just starting to come in. Mm -hmm. What do you think that looks like moving forward, getting to where he's been and then coming off of that and playing these these littler or smaller uh tournaments do you think that could play a factor um i you know i I don't know i i I think there's a lot of things potentially in play i mean it could be psychological he hasn't really struck me as a guy who's struggled with motivation he's you know he's been playing consistently tournaments large and small uh could be fatigue late in the season he didn't take a lot of time off after the u.s open or you know i mean you just maybe you just slumping, you know. It could be that too. What I what I hope it isn't is I hope it is not another one of these young guy flash in the pans that we've seen for the last ten years. You know, gonna break out the big four, big three, whatever, and you get you know guys who come up and they win. Uh, you know, Gregor Dimitrov, you know, shows flashes and then disappears. And uh, oh, uh, shoot, the one guy who won on I think he I think he won a major theme, Dominic Theme, right? Who looked like he was going to be the next guy, and then he's faded. And was it all these Roenick? Wasn't in that another one? Who? Roenick? Is that uh, how you would pronounce it? The Canadian guy, right? Uh, the yes. Canadian, the... Yeah. Uh, his name's escaping me right now, but something like that. Roenick or something. Yeah. He again had a great eighteen months, and then injuries and faded. And I, that's what I hope it isn't. And I suspect with Alcaraz, it won't be. Um, you know, after he bounced back after. You know the whole cramping at at the French and stuff to you know come back. I I, I think he's going to be the real deal, but a little disconcerting. Not a great end of the year for him. Uh, hopefully we'll see we'll see what happens at the uh, year end year end Masters. And I hope it's not taking. And obviously you're going to take the bigger matches, the Opens, more serious than anything else. Yeah. But I hope it's not. Well, because this is a small tournament, I don't really have to do a whole lot or be- care as much. Wouldn't it be great if Alcaraz became the Brooks Kepka of tennis? <laughs> I mean, I actually I like Alcaraz, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ABK, baby. Anybody but Kepka. Although, I have to say, since he, he joined Live Golf and there's the whole thing and the demonizing of the Live Golf guys, I think Kepka's become a much more likable guy post Live than he was on the PGA Tour. But that's, I could see that. I'll, I'll give him some credit. Uh, you got any opening shots for me? You got any uh, anything to you know throw out there? I've got a uh, a football story. Um, surprising, right? Especially yeah, well, with what yeah. we talk about. Uncommon for us, yeah. And I'm sure you heard about this, but um, did you hear about the Penn State Maryland game last week? You know, I read about a lot of games, but I don't think I heard about Penn State Maryland. So, what do you got for me? All right. So Penn State won 51 to 15. That's not surprising. Penn State's really good. Sure. The thing that struck me as crazy is the team 
rushing yards for Maryland. Okay. Negative 49. Whoa. That's a stat. Now, okay, so. That's, that's negative 3, 3.1 yards per carry. Okay, so does that include sacks? I mean, did he get sacks? Yeah, so times? yes. Okay. All right. Yes. In college, sacks are considered loss of, of that yardage for mm-hmm. a carry or a rush. Right. Um, and took a Valoa to his brother. Oh, yeah. Um, had eight carries. Now, I can look back and see what, you know, Penn State, how many sacks they had. But what's crazy is that there were, I think, 16 carries. So you still had other guys that ran the ball. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and wow. it just, so they had six sacks. Okay. So on eight carries. So he had two positive yards or, or two carries for positive yards, but negative 49. That's a lot. Yeah. Cause he, cause even if you lose 10 yards a sack, that's 60 yards. So that means you only got, you don't, that'd be, maybe you'd have 11 yards. Oh, so here's so Billy Edwards had one carry for four yards. Well, look at Billy, he's carrying his weight. Good job, Billy. The next best was five carries for zero yards. Not a great average. One carry <laughs> right. One carry for negative three, one carry for negative three, eight carries for negative forty seven. Wow. I just don't think I'd ever see even in college, I would I I can understand like maybe minus two, hey, we were down, so we started throwing the ball, had a few sacks, but Negative forty nine. Yeah, that's bad. That's I don't know what the I don't know what the record is for the fewest or most negative rushing yards, but that's that's rough. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I I got a I have a a college football stadium story for you too, and this one is tied to uh, something we have not yet discussed on D four, but has gotten a lot of press. I guess we mentioned it, uh, the whole Michigan scandal, Uh, but you know with with all the sign stealing right and all this sort of thing by uh, a Connor Stallions is the guy's name, right? This is the guy who, from Michigan, has supposedly been going around all the stadiums and showing up and stealing signals. But uh, the University of New Mexico Stadium put on their big board uh, at the end of their game, or in the middle, maybe it's halftime, it said, Welcome Connor Stallions, in parentheses, probably, <laughs> on the big board <laughs> at New Mexico, which... Grade A trolling. I mean that that's a D four troll right there. I was gonna say that's trolling at its best. Yeah. Oh, I got I got another troll for you, and this goes from, from basketball. Um, <laughs> the Utah Jazz, right? You're not a Utah Jazz guy, right? Mm-mm. Nope. No, but so in, in their stadium, if you go to if you go to the Utah Jazz stadium, they have free Wi-Fi. Do you know what the name of their network is? Jordan pushed off. Is the name of their Wi-Fi network, <laughs> which, again, in the world of trolling, that's pretty fantastic. That may be one of the best I've heard. That's good in regard to, that's good to trolling. Yep. And for any of you that don't know what that is, <laughs> it's look up the NBA Finals. Was it '96 where it Jordan '98? Ha- okay, yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah, the last one. It's where he uh, pushed off or didn't push off uh, Byron Russell yep. on a shot at the end of the game that went in to uh, solidify 
another his NBA Finals for him. Yep. Yep. Arguably so. one of one of his most famous shots of his career. I mean, one of the one that gets replayed almost every time. Yeah. Well, so when I was a red shirt in the locker room, the guy next to me, his name was Jeff Bush, and he had the picture of Jordan following through right. on that, that shot. That freeze, yeah. Yep, that and it had it it had the all the fans in the background and everything. And he's a senior, and I'm a redshirt freshman. I walk in, and I see that, and he's sitting in his locker. First thing I say to him, Jordan pushed off. (laughs) And he's like, no, he didn't. I said, go back and watch the replay. And I don't like Utah. I like Jordan, but I just like to stir the pot. And that was the first thing. (laughs) Right. That that was the first thing I said to him, and that was probably a, a good start to a solid friendship, I think. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see. I, I, I don't know. I, you'd, have to, you'd have to give me a follow-up on the, on the status of that friendship. Um, I don't think I've talked to him for a while. Yeah, I, not a surprise. Not a surprise. Uh, you got any other opening shots? Because I got one more that harkens back to the early days of D4. But if you got one, I will yield. Feel free. Lay um, one on us. Shohei Otani, our boy, Shohei Otani, has received a qualifying offer from the Los Angeles Angels. Um, do, you know, do you know what the qualifying offer is? I do not, but I know who the Los Angeles Angels are. Qualifying offer is uh, what teams can give to impending free agents uh, that they can accept or not uh, to avoid free agency. Well, the qualifying offer is the average of the top 125 Major League Baseball salaries. So for Shohei Otani, if he takes it next year, it would be twenty point three two five million dollars on a one-year deal. He has until the fourteenth of November, so he has five days to make this decision. And if you are Shohei Otani's agent, Dustin, what is your advice to Shohei Otani? Go somewhere else. <laughs> you, you don't think he's going to take it? I- Surprising, right? I mean, I feel like he's going to get a lot of offers. And at the end of this, he may be the highest paid, at least baseball player, um, moving forward. Now, as years go on, it's going to increase and increase. But right now, he has the potential to just make bank. And so this is really more of, uh, let's just sit on this and see where we can go. Yeah, and, and I would just have to say, I mean, obviously the Angels, I mean, it's just as a matter of form, you'd have to offer it. But I, I don't think there's any chance in the world that they think that he would possibly take that. But I will say this much. Anybody who thinks you could be a sports GM, uh, there's some articles out there on this, on the qualifying offer. And uh, I would just encourage you to go read all of the stipulations and consequences of the qualifying offer uh, should he choose to take it or not to take it, and what the what the uh, anybody who can possibly follow the flowchart of the consequences of this, um, and and what it might mean for a team if he takes it or if he doesn't, it's just it's incredible. And uh, you know, I look, it's really easy to sit back and talk about how bad GMs are, but in modern big time sports, particularly baseball, where there's not just a hard spending salary cap. But there's all sorts of penalties and fines and limits and profit sharing. And if you're a 
you know, if you're a luxury tax team versus if you're a profit sharing team, I mean, it's unbelievable how convoluted professional sports contracts get. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see Shohei Otani taking the qualifying offer. Yeah, I'll just go ahead and sit back and let him do his thing, and I'll see what he ends up deciding on. Yeah. Well, I think one thing's for sure: uh, we will definitely hear the news. Um, you know, it's not going to start obviously until uh, you know, uh, you know, winter, springtime. But uh, that will certainly be a story that we will follow for you here on D Four Sports as we get ready to go animal style. Full animal style here on Deer 4, coming at you. Well, Dustin, one week ago today, an event happened that could potentially change, uh, certainly Texas Tech sports for all time, but might change the sporting world. I mean, is that, is that too strong a statement? Guess we'll have to wait and see. I mean, that's right. I mean, it was, like you said, a week ago tonight, November 2nd, 2023, evening game, Lubbock, Texas. Mm. You had a... Uh, a stray animal. Mm. And, and, and this is why we are talking animal style. Uh, D4, sports animal style, is because of this. And, and this got us thinking, what other animals are there in sports and all? And, and we'll get into that. But a possum mm-hmm. ran out onto the field. He trotted. And, yeah. <laughs> and the, the thing is, is nothing... To my knowledge, unless it was a you know a groundhog, would say West Texas, yeah, like a possum running out onto the field. Yeah. Well, an armadillo maybe, but yeah, may, mean, uh, that may be second. more amarillo. But there's not a college okay. up there. But right, you know, uh, possum so, and but you know, a groundhog would be the only thing. But they're too small. Sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah this, yeah, yeah. Though this was great, though. I mean, he he runs out there, and the next thing you know, fangs are showing and. He's ready to go. He's ready to play. Yeah, he was hissing. Um, he was he was fired up, and then, just out of nowhere, Captain Lasso <laughs> comes out. <laughs> What's that about? Help me out here. Does everybody in Lubbock just have their own like lasso with them at all times, or what? Oh yeah, it's right by my shotgun in the back of my truck. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's. <laughs> I think we made it just lost no, our but listener right there. But anyway, go ahead. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. No, well, let's be honest. I don't own a truck. So we just lost all our Texas listeners. Anyways, you, it it was surprising to see him kind of run out with that thing um, just so he can, the animal control aspect of it. Uh, At the same time, I'm not surprised by it either, uh, especially West Texas. Um, We're prepared for uh, stray animals, stray feral animals running, running at us. Naturally, naturally. So, okay, so he goes out, he wrangles the possum, right? He gets him, and then he drags him off, and that possum didn't want to go. I mean, he was fighting no. to stay on the field. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was, put me in, coach, I'm ready. Uh, but he was definitely, definitely dragged off. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
poor guy. He just wanted to watch a game. He did. I mean, he wanted to. I mean, you know, look, Lubbock uh, fans are notorious for throwing the tortillas on the field, right? What, Correct. What's, what's that about anyway? Help me out. Just real quickly. I, I, I actually don't know the history of that. But um, even on away games, they'll they'll throw it at the kickoff. So as soon as the ball is is kicked off, uh, tortillas go flying. Um, And even at the game in Wyoming this year, there were tortillas that were thrown onto the field from the tech fans in Wyoming. So they kind of take it everywhere with them. Bowl eligible Wyoming, mind you, just for the record. But uh, there you go. There you go. (laughs) So I was wondering, maybe there's tortilla scraps out there the possum was going after. I mean, maybe he was just like, hey, I'm get me some tortilla. But, uh, yeah, so, okay, so the possum, I mean, if, and, I mean, you know, we live in the age of social media. So, uh, you know, and for me, of course, this all happened overnight. So I wake up Friday morning, and I, I open up social my Twitter or whatever, X or whatever the heck it's called, and, I mean, it's just, it's all possum all the time. And it was utterly fantastic and i thought to myself well first of course i sent it to you and i'm and and then, then i don't know i mean if the, is the possum still alive and well in lubbock i mean is he still showing up or so i did read that he is back in his natural habitat away from the football field he was released back but they now have texas tech possum bobbleheads oh, oh, oh. bobbleheads Nice. So, yeah, I mean, you so can, he's alive you can run okay. run wild with it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, and that's exactly what happened. And that's, you know, that's all that matters really is that the Texas Tech Opossum lives on. And so, as Dustin said, this this got us to thinking, okay, well, about all the other uh, great animal moments in sports. And uh, obviously for you, there's a very close number two here, right, as a St. Louis Cardinal fan. And this was my first thought, which was? The Rally Squirrel. Rally Squirrel, baby. Rally Squirrel. Yeah. Uh, 2011, right? I mean, this is definitely the the series we were talking about, right? It was the... uh... Oh, yeah. I mean, this was the Rally Squirrels, the greatest thing, right? I mean, ultimately, it wasn't the players that won the World Series. No. Not David Freeze. No. It was the Rally Squirrel. Maybe David Uh, Freeze, but probably the Rally Squirrel. Yeah. But you got... I mean... Yeah. He was the unofficial mascot of the Cardinals. I mean, you're never going to replace, you know, Redbird or Fredbird, but, you know... No, but you could you could have for this year you could have put the squirrel on the other end of the bat. I mean, yeah, let's be true. honest, right? Hundred percent. So well, and it happens in the playoff game, right? In like the, it was like the league championship series or something, and he runs on the field and they go out and they chase him around, much like the possum. They didn't, of course, we didn't happen to have anybody with a handy lasso uh, waiting in St. Louis, but uh, then they go on the tear and they end up winning the World Series, and so Rally Squirrel becomes, you know, uh, tremendous. So so then you know we've actually. Uh, you know, as I was spending some time looking at other great moments in, in uh, you know, animal trespassing in sports, um, we've actually covered one this year when we had lizards on the track uh, in Singapore for Formula One, which, right. again, that's not, not the first time. Um, and, of course, there's been a few famous instances of alligators on golf courses. So, D- Dustin, you got any other uh, great moments in uh, animal trespassing uh, in sporting events? There are a few. Um, the, the one that came to mind after the rally squirrel was definitely the rally monkey that the, uh, the angels had back in the day. Um, they, they took a hold of that and just ran with it. And obviously, uh, did pretty well that year, too. 
Um, but, but one but, that but, wasn't. Go, 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 go ahead. ahead. Well, I was no, just no, no, go ahead. The difference there is that the rally monkey didn't just like get on the field. He didn't just have a road monkey running around and, and the angels. The angels, for some reason, put a monkey going crazy out on the on the on the bull, you know, on, on the big big board out in the outfield right. during the playoff game, and he just jumping around, and then he, they started putting music to it, and the rally monkey came right. So a little different in that one, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so sorry, I didn't mean to another another around. animal in yeah. sport. Yeah. Um, but but another one that came to mind was, and it has nothing to do with rally monkey or I mean, rally anything. It was um, Randy Johnson. Um, pitching for, was it the, the Diamondbacks at the time? I think so, yeah. It wasn't Seattle. Yeah, I think he was in Arizona. And uh, he throws a fastball right down the center. And then it, at the time, watching it, looked like the ball exploded before it hit the catcher's glove. But in reality, it hit a bird that was flying in front of the catcher's glove and made the bird explode. Yeah. Yeah, that was unbelievable. Still, one of the, the timing on that. Yeah. <laughs> Poor bird. Poor man. bird. I mean, yeah. Because <laughs> Randy Johnson, I mean, he probably took, it was probably 120 miles an hour at that point when it's coming, you know, it's only about halfway to home plate. Who knows? Yeah. Brutal. But yeah, and, and I actually, you know, I went and, look, you know, saw some videos of stuff of, there was one unbelievable video of this flock of birds flying across a horse race and like took out like four horses. I mean, like, like, 50 birds fly right in front of the, the, you know, eight horses coming down the stretch and jockeys are down and horses are down. It was, it was crazy. Well, I mean, look, I mean, you, it's like, it's like getting the, uh, the, the duck in the, uh, in the engine, right. And in the plane engine when you, you guys were. Oh, that's right. To yeah. To Orlando, right. Yep. Kind of grounded everybody. Yeah. But yeah. So you know, anyway, so the rally monkey, you know, you got that one. And then, then I was, you know, then there's, you know, this uh, talk about a, <laughs> a rabbit hole. Uh oh, D four coming in, coming in hot. But I, I started finding other times where teams used animals uh, to, you know, kind of advance their team. And I, one that I really liked was the rat trick, uh, the nineteen ninety six Florida Panthers hockey. And for some reason, hockey seems to be the real undisputed kings of uh, animals, and particularly throwing animals on the ice. But so the rat trick. Uh, this comes out, it, it, this was the story. A, a couple of guys on the Florida Panthers, a, a, a rat shows up in the locker room before the game. And so, you know, obviously everybody in, in hockey has got a bunch of sticks around. So a guy picks up his stick, whacks the rat, you know, kills the rat. And somehow, and then he goes out and he scores two goals in the game. Well, somehow the fans find out about this story. So what happens is that every time somebody gets a hat trick, instead of throwing hats on the ice, the Florida Panthers fans start throwing rats, like plastic rats. They start throwing rats out on the ice. And so this becomes the thing. And then they go on, they make the playoffs, and they're just they're throwing rats after every game and all this. And I mean, it just literally rats at every single game, every time they win. And then, and this is, I think, even, this is the really D4 angle right here, is they get to the finals, and they're playing the Colorado Avalanche, and the Avalanche win game one, and so what do they throw on the ice? Rat traps. They throw rat traps on the ice. <laughs> Genius. I mean, brilliant. I mean, just just fantastic. I mean, that's early. That's trolling before you had social media trolling, right? And Probably uh, better that than cats. Yeah. So, well, that would have been, yeah, you shouldn't throw cats on the ice. That's a bad thing. <laughs> but, uh, 
And anyway, and then eventually the Avalanche went on and swept the series. But uh, but yeah, no, the Rat Trick's a good one. And then and, and we don't honestly we don't have enough time uh, to, to talk about this. But I, I mean, you know, you go back to the, it started in 1952 with the Detroit Red Wings. Some guy threw an octopus onto the ice, uh, which at that time symbolized that supposedly this is the story, right? Eight legs on the octopus. Uh, uh, signify the eight wins required to win the Stanley Cup at that time. There was only two series. And so the okay. octopus became a symbol, and that has then become a long-standing uh, thing for the Detroit Red Wings. But uh, And then you get catfish being thrown on the ice. Then you get in Edmonton, somebody just chucks a side of beef on the ice. Uh, the San Jose Sharks, somebody threw an actual leopard shark on the ice. I mean... It just goes. How do you even um, get that in? I don't know. How do you how do you get a shark? Anyway, <laughs> here's another one: in a game against the Anaheim Ducks, a, a Nashville Predators fan threw a skinned duck on the ice. I mean, that's just rough. But that is, yeah, that's pretty bad. There you go. Animals and sports, and not to be outdone, I thought to myself, surely there has to be some cocktails named after animals as well and so are you surprised to learn dustin that there are are close to 50 cocktails named after animals no i am not (laughs) can you think of any cocktails named after animals first thing that comes off the top of my head is a colorado bulldog oh look at you colorado bulldog you know what it is no (laughs) <laughs> it's a white Russian. Have I had it? Yeah. Have I had it? Yes. <laughs> but I couldn't have told you what was in it. Yeah. It's, it's basically a white Russian with a, with a cola topper. But yeah, the Colorado Bulldog. That's a good. Grasshopper is a pretty famous one made with cream de mint. That's uh, a green one. Uh, I thought, uh, and this one kind of sounds pretty straightforward, a Greyhound, uh, which is just uh, gin and grapefruit juice, uh, which sounds like a lovely little drink. right? Like I've actually heard of the Greyhound, too. I'd heard of that one myself as well. Uh, and then, uh, well, I've had an oyster shooter. Have you had an oyster shooter before? No. Uh, it's basically like, think like a shot of a Bloody Mary with an actual oyster in the bottom. So you like, you actually, you, you get the tomato and then the oyster. You're not making a, a good looking face there. You don't. Uh... Well, I'm not a huge fan of, of oysters and yeah. I do not like Bloody Marys at all. So I think everything you just mentioned is is off the table, right? So when we're hanging, so when we're hanging out on uh, Thanksgiving Day, we're gonna we're gonna do some oyster shooters. That's what you're saying. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go ahead and do that. Yeah. Uh, what about a Moscow Mule? Moscow Mule, another one, a classic one. Yes, that's, that's, that's a, a. How about a Caribou Lou? I think the Caribou Lou. I think Dustin, that this would be right up your alley. Uh, One fifty one proof rum, Malibu coconut rum, and a pineapple shooter or pineapple juice. I'll just I'll just go on on record to say that that drink right there, mine and my wife's worst nightmare because her craziest story is one fifty one, and mine is coconut rum, and you just mixed them together yeah. right there. That's that's a oof. That's tough. That's, gotta be, that's and I mean, if you're drinking the caribou Lou, <clears throat> you're either like up going hunting for caribou in the arctic or or you are you're, you're sleeping on the street i mean 
151 and 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 coconut rum and, and pineapple juice that that's going to be important a, a couple others that caught my attention i think this one sounds like arguably one of the worst uh, sounding drinks i can think of it's called the green iguana tequila midori melon which i despise simple syrup and lime juice so melon sweet melon tequila i don't i don't know that that's not going to be good for anybody there's a rattlesnake cocktail uh which actually sounds decent whiskey lemon juice absinthe i'm a big absinthe guy a little simple syrup and an egg white you shake that up and throw some bitters in there that might be a, a fun little drink uh but then i i have to go uh two more the scorpion bowl which is not a college football game but ought to be frankly uh rum gin vodka and tropical fruit so that's uh who knows what that's gonna taste like and then i think the ultimate d4 animal cocktail the falcon this let me guess (laughs) something to do with the super bowl it actually was invented by a guy in atlanta for super bowl 51 (laughs) you are absolutely correct sir um Drink in New England all the time. Vodka, pomegranate liqueur, agave syrup, lime juice, and ginger beer. Which, uh, and you know what the ratios on that are? Yeah, you do. Just, just, just tell me. Twenty-eight to three. (laughs) Of course it is. Twenty-eight to three ratio on that. Uh, That's perfect. Yeah, actually, I, I frankly, I think that sounds really poor. Um, but but there you go. There you go. Uh, animals and sports always lead to some exciting moments. Uh, you know, I am just I am thrilled and excited to see about the future of the opossum. And uh, you know what? I think next time I watch a Texas game, which I, I might have opportunity to do in the next couple of weeks since I'm in the time zone, uh, I may have to, uh, you know, sit and enjoy an animal themed cocktail uh, to, to go along with it because. That's the D4 life right there, Nestor. That's the D4 life. Yes, it is. All right, time for the D4 Sports Roundup for the week. We're going to kind of do a, a whirlwind of a, a few sports and then you know, spend some time in the NFL as we normally do. Uh, I did want to start because I, I mentioned a few NHL stories that were coming up, and the NHLs now were you know 10, 11 games in, and I you know big shout out to the San Jose Sharks. Uh, I had we recorded this on Tuesday as we as was planned, and you know for a variety of reasons weren't able to. The San Jose Sharks had tied the record for the longest losing streak to start an NHL season at 11 games. They were 0, 10 and one, that one being an overtime loss. Uh, uh, and had the record for the worst goal differential through 11 games uh, at minus 43 and had given up 10 goals two games in a row coming into Tuesday night's game. But then Tuesday night they went on. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, that's right. That's a lot. Lost. Yeah, it was like 10 to 2 and 10 to 1. It was not, not good. The Sharks had not, but they rose to the occasion and they took down the Philadelphia Flyers and uh, Mike Falls. A good friend of mine and a, and a very avid D4 listener at this point, Mike, uh, actually 
posted on Facebook about this as the game was going on and uh, nearly cursed it as they were up to nothing, but they held on to win, I, th I think it was two to one. So the Sharks got their first win. Meanwhile, both of the teams that started undefeated, the Bruins and the Golden Knights, both lost in the next game. So maybe, I, I don't know if this makes D4 a kiss of death or a, a kiss of good luck or just a flip of fortune. I don't know what. Uh, but both the Bruins and the Golden Knights lost. Alex Ovechkin, who, you know, 73 goals away from from uh, Gretzky's record. He's only got two goals so far this year in his first 10 games. Really not scoring much at all. Not many not many points. At this point, uh, not looking not looking solid. But, uh, Dustin, I know you're not the biggest hockey guy in the world. Have you got any hockey news at all uh, from your side? I do not. I'm sorry. I'm kind of kind of a disappointment on that that end of it. Yeah, no worries. We're I, most likely gonna have a uh, a significant a hockey con contributor uh, in as as a guest here on D4 in the next week or two. Um, I'll leave that. I'll just put a teaser out there. You'll have to tune in to see who it is. But uh, we're gonna talk a little bit more hockey as we go. Um, uh, Dustin, college football. You got any more college football for me? I know you had a. Your Penn State story. You got anything else? Uh, just a few things, and real quick. Uh, team I can't stand, Oklahoma State. Uh, the copycat U is what we call them. Um, that, that yeah. There's a story behind that, but they uh, they beat OU this past week in Bedlam. So that was a that was a huge win. Not only for the fact that it's Oklahoma State against OU. Mm -hmm. OU's last year in the Big Twelve. It's Bedlam. It's the two Oklahoma game teams. Uh, they they kind of put it to them. I mean, it was a close game, but when it comes to that game, a win is putting it to them. So twenty-seven yeah. to twenty-four. Um, the quarterback for Oklahoma State, Alan Bowman, started two seasons at Texas Tech. Uh, then he went up to Michigan, became the third-string quarterback in Michigan. And then now, for his senior year, is the starting quarterback at Oklahoma State, where they are seven and two and ranked in the top twenty. Are they seven? And two? See, I, I, I thought I didn't think Oklahoma State was having that good a season. <clears throat> I knew that Oklahoma yes. was undefeated going into Bedlam, right? They were seven and zero, oh, and then I think they've lost two in a row now. Is that correct? Yes, mm -hmm. Oklahoma's lost two in a row. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a that that's a big one. Just one for the Big Twelve, and yeah. and two it being Bedlam in and of itself. Um, Washington mm -hmm. continues to roll. They yeah, are dude. fun to watch with Penix Jr. Um, they've got a receiving core that would could match up with anybody in college football. Um, they they are the defense, a lot though. of fun. No, <laughs> you just got to outscore them, right? Yeah. Uh, and then my favorite uh, game of the week, Oregon State, Colorado, just because Colorado lost, um, they have kind of spiraled into oblivion. Um, they they are not doing well, but that's I mean, especially for our you know talk of prime time and how much we we enjoy him. But yeah, well, see, I, I don't know no. how you can possibly say that was your favorite game of the week when you had Iowa and Northwestern. Uh, did you hear about this game? Apparently not, if it's going to be my favorite of the week. I, Iowa and Northwestern, um, just a terrible game all around. I mean, Iowa, well, here's a stat. USC, in their last six games, has given up 265 points 
on the theme of playing no defense like Washington. Iowa has given up 284 points in the last two seasons. <laughs> and yeah, Iowa's Iowa, usually pretty good at defense. Yeah, and, I, and they can't score, right? They have one of the worst offenses no. in the league. And the Iowa-Northwestern game was just an absolutely terrible game. But I, I will say this. I have to give a hat tip to uh, – he's just a staff writer at ESPN, a guy named David Hale, who did a write-up of this week's college games. And the, the whole article was quite funny. But his write-up in particular of Iowa and Northwestern was phenomenal. And uh, here's, here's what he was – here's kind of what one little bit I wanted to say. He says, fans around the world were terrified that the game would go to overtime because it was 7-7. to uh, and he said, where the two teams would then play indefinitely until someone either scored or the sun burned itself out and the world ended. And he said, the apocalypse was plus 240 in Las Vegas live odds at that point. <laughs> that's you an idea. that's, that's stuff, great. David Hale. That's good stuff. That, you, you can come right for D4 anytime. But, um, but yeah, but, but my, I think my favorite story uh, is Caleb Williams. Did you, did you hear Caleb Williams' post-game interview? Uh, after they once again lost this weekend. I heard part of it. Yeah. This is Caleb Williams, you know, who's most likely the tanking for tanking for Caleb, right? This was likely number one pick in the draft at the beginning of the season. I mean, still probably will be. Um, this is the guy who wanted equity in an NFL team, supposedly, right, when he gets drafted because, you know, and throwing around the whole, ah, oh, well, I could make more money on name, image, and license by going back to the – well, he, this is what he said after USC lost this weekend. I don't remember who they lost to, but I want to go home and... Washington. Oh, okay. There you go. I should have known that. I want to go home and cuddle with my dog and watch some shows, the Heisman Trophy winner said, when asked how he felt after yet another big performance wasn't enough. Like, we lost the game, Williams added. I work hard throughout months, years, to have big games like this. Try to go and win and play your best, each and every one of us. We came out with a loss today, so emotionally... I want to go home, and I want to play with my dog. Okay. Are you going to give him equity in your NFL team, your billion-dollar uh, NFL team, uh, as a uh, a first-year uh, player in the NFL, Dustin? Nope. Maybe his dog, but... <clears throat> Maybe his dog. His dog might get some equity. That's right. I no, I don't, I don't know. That... <laughs> And doesn't everybody that plays the game invest in it for months and years? And no, somebody's got to lose, right? Caleb. Well, Kyler Murray. Well, anyway, we don't need to get into that. Chase Daniels. <laughs> Chase Daniel. That man made himself a career. He's a D four hero, unquestionably. But we'll, we'll save him. Smartest time. NFL player ever. Hands down. Hands down. Not even. Not even close. <laughs> Uh, okay, NFL, you got me there. Let's let's go. Let's uh, give me your week nine. What do you got for me? For the NFL? Yeah. There was a lot to unpack. Like there is every week, right? I mean, yep. we, we yep. talk about it all the time. Um, but there, I think one of the things that surprised me the most, and it probably shouldn't, but the Ravens, mm. they – they're playing really well, and and all they're really doing is just running the ball down your throat. Yeah. Um. Their defense has really stepped up, and they've always had a fairly good defense. But I think, yep. I mean, beating the Seahawks thirty-seven to three. Yeah. And the Seahawks. Yeah. I mean, they're not your upper echelon team, but they're not a joke either. No, they've and been surprised. For them to come out and just. Yeah. 
Right. And for them to come out and just manhandle them. And, and then what they're doing is just running the ball. Running the ball. Yeah, and, and, then, uh, and then they're doing I think that play, was very surprising. You know, the little sprint out option, the run pass option where Lamar kind of goes out and the and then just like dumps it four yards down the field. But, uh, you know, nobody's figuring out how to cover that. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Ravens, I, I don't know. My take on the Ravens and Lamar, I mean, as great a player as he is, Bottom line, you, you get a team that stops the run, and you got to make him beat you from the pocket. And he hasn't he hasn't yet been able to do it. Maybe this will be the year. I think this weekend against the Browns, it'll be an interesting game because I think the Browns' defense can stop the run. I don't know that they will, but I think they can. And if they do, it may, it may be an Iowa Northwestern type game. It could be. And if they force Lamar to stand and throw from the pocket, uh, you never know. Well done there, sir. I don't. Uh, I don't see Lamar Jackson ever playing for Iowa, but you never know. No. Um, I think I'd, I'd, yep. I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up, especially since both of us are in Texas. You know, we're both doing this from the, the good state of Texas and or great state. Sorry, my bad. Great yeah, state of Texas. Please. Yeah, I had to change that. Um, the best NFL player over the past decade, C.J. Stroud, oh, yeah. really had it. <laughs> really had a standout game. And and I say that tongue in cheek. Uh, he's a rookie. Anybody listening, he's a rookie. He had a he had a phenomenal game. Um he threw for the most passing yards for a rookie in a game. Um five touchdowns, lots of yards. Yep. The crazy thing is is he had to set a record, throw for five touchdowns to lead a game-winning drive in 40 seconds to win by two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and, and look, I mean, okay, the rookie quarterback battle is over. Stroud wins, right? I think. Yes. You know. Yes. Uh, you know, he is definitely dis- – Richardson, of course, got hurt. Um, you know, Purdy's not technically a rookie, and I he probably wouldn't be winning now after the last few weeks anyway. Bryce Young, you know, I think looked probably, in my, in my opinion, looked a little more polished the first few weeks but has not been great. You know, he's been looked like a rookie quarterback the last few weeks. Uh, Will Levis had, you know, great game one. Game two came back to earth. Stroud looking great. But, I mean, oh, my word. The, the I, It's just something about our culture now and the, the immediacy of everything to be crowned the best. And, you know, it's just, it's just relentless. And, I mean, I, I sent you the meme. Somebody posted and said, he only needs 86,496 yards to be the all-time – passing leader this week and you know hey he's got a shot you know and and literally then i saw today there's another write-up about like the beginning of stroud's career is phenomenal and it's like this 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 super deep story of like how great cj stroud is from his upbringing and i mean look he's had some good games he's playing well he's a rookie quarterback i mean i, I the nfl is hard leonard fournette knows uh, you know, people, people learn these things. And Stroud's been great, but, I mean, my goodness, the hype machine. It's just it's just something. Oh, and staying uh, staying on the, on the uh, quarterback theme, Tommy DeVito, <laughs> who came in for Daniel Jones, literally looked like a guy who had just played high school football and got thrown onto the NFL field. And he's starting again this week. I, I don't know. I don't know how the Giants can possibly. Well, they said Jones is out for the season, and then you got well, right. Tyrod Taylor who's hurt, and yeah. Well, I, and in fact, we were watching the games on Sunday, and I actually wrote this down. 
<laughs> here's what here's literally what my notes say. If Daniel Jones is the answer, what's the question? And then about ten minutes later, I went, "Oops, I said that before. I wrote that before he tore his ACL." So <laughs> I'm like, "Sorry, Daniel. I don't mean to bag on a guy who." But I mean, talking about a curse, D four curse. I mean, what, yeah, well, I don't know what we're doing here, but yeah, boy, that was bad. But uh, you know, and Tyson Badgett and I was like, I even texted you this. I'm like, Tyson Badgett runs the Bears offense better than 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 Fields does. And he did for the first half, and then the second half he went full Peterman. And I went back and pulled up the drive chart, and he went like interception, downs, interception, interception, fumble on the, on the last four drives. So Tyson Badgett, well, see what happens tonight. He's just kicked off, and we'll see if, if he can overcome. But uh, who's your player of the week? Well, my player of the week, uh, and we haven't gotten to our fantasy wrap-up yet, oh, it's yeah. going to be Joshua Dobbs. Oh, Joshua Dobbs. Joshua Dobbs for the Minnesota Vikings. Yep. Comes in as the backup quarterback for the Vikings, who I think last week was in Arizona as their starting quarterback. Yeah. Comes in and uh, does very well against the uh, it's the Falcons, but still, I mean, it's a new team, new scheme. Ends up winning the game for him. Well, he'd been on the team, what, like and four me. days? Yeah, well, yeah, okay. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Whatever. Lay that aside. But he'd been on the team like four days. Was not going to start, but then what, Jared Hall or whatever the, whatever the, the young the young kid uh, for mm-hmm. the Vikings went out and got hurt in like the second or third drive. And Dobbs is in and leads a furious comeback and, and a great a great game. Yeah, that's a great story. But I, 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 I don't know how you didn't go with uh, Agunbowale from the Texans. You're right. I apologize. I should have gone with the running back for the Texans. The running back for the te- the backup running back for the Texans, who, so Care Bear, as I like to call him, Kaimi Fairbairn, the kicker for the Texans, got hurt in like the second quarter. So Ogunbowale comes in and he's doing kickoffs and he's putting in the end zone. I mean, it was it was pretty ridiculous. I was like, OK, well, cool. But they weren't trying extra points. They were going for two the whole time because, you know, it's, it's one thing to kick off. It's another thing to have the timing to kick an extra point. Well, you get down toward a the end of the yarder. game. A 35-yarder. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You get down toward the end for of the a... game, and they were fourth and goal at, like, the 14 or 15. They'd gotten backed up. They trot a Bawale out there, and he kicks a field goal and makes it from – it was probably 32 yards or something. And it's just like – Holy smokes, the backup running back. I don't know what his first name is, but his last name is Ogunbowale, which is a D4 name in its own right. And is the backup kicker just making field goals like they're nothing. And hello, that's the D4 player of the week for you right there. Oh, absolutely. That was that was impressive. I, I yeah, I remember now. It, it came back to me. That was that was fun to watch. Yep. I, I do have a question for you. Um, okay. So I'm going to go to the Bengals Bills game. Okay. The Bengals win 24 to 18. Mm-hmm. So my question is: Are the Bills that beatable, or are the Bengals back to where we thought they would be at the beginning of the year? Well, and this is the conversation we had last week too, right? After the Bengals, you know, handed it to the Niners pretty comfortably, right? And I, I, I think honestly, I think well. I don't know that I want to go on, on record as just saying straight up the Bills are beatable. But the Bills are 
probably the most inconsistent team in the NFL. An inconsistent good team, right, in the NFL this year. They're a team that comes out and can play. I mean, they have they have the talent on paper. They have the proven players, and they have the explosiveness to play with on anybody. On both sides of the ball. On both sides of the ball at any, at any time. Um, and in some of the games, they have done just that. And then other games, they've come out and just – I mean, they lost. They lost straight up to the Patriots, right? And and only even had a chance to win that because of a terrible turnover at the very end of the game by the Patriots. And um, they they so I think in part the Bills on any given week the Bills are beatable, and on any given week the Bills are unbeatable. To be frank, I think that's the team there, which doesn't make any sense. But there you go. And I think the Bengals are back. I think. Somehow their offensive line has figured out how to block, and Joe Burrow is back to playing like Joe Burrow, and uh, and he looks and, like he's having fun out there. Yeah, which is nice. I mean, I guess when you're standing upright more often than not, you can have more fun with it. But I mean, he the the first few games of the year looked like he was just getting tired and just yeah, it's struggling. Clear, it's clear that leg injury was more significant than I think the Bengals let on. And, and impacted it much more significantly than than we thought. He's pumping his fist. Dustin's pumping his fist because he's the only one in Pickham that took the Panthers this week, and somebody on the Panthers must have scored. I don't. We're recording a podcast, and he's tracking the game. I guess it's a sports podcast. That's D four, baby. D four. Multitasking. Give us, give us the live update. Uh, it was a punt return. Really? Yeah. 79-yard punt return. Did you play the Panthers, Panthers defense and special teams in DraftKings? As my captain. Yeah, no, yeah. I didn't. I didn't somebody, play. <laughs> somebody did. And they're, they're popping champagne already. <laughs> it's well done. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. I got, I got one more tidbit for you, and this is, again, just because I'm a Patriots fan. And after another stellar game, uh, in this game, in fact, the Patriots had five consecutive drives where they had the ball for less than a minute <laughs> five consecutive drives where they those are some quick touchdowns nick quick touchdowns <laughs> which is is the uh the the, the first uh, the first time that's occurred under the coaching of bill belichick so, five consecutive although I, 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 to be fair i do think one of those was the end of half so that might be a little but even still, four four drives in a row under a minute. I mean, you can't just you can't justify that with one. <laughs> what are we even doing against the commander? At some point, your at defensive home. coordinator is looking at the offensive coordinator, going, yeah. "Come on, man! What do you want give me something? What do you want from me? You want my <laughs> you want my blood? Take my blood! You know, that's a good Samuel God. L. Jackson quote there for you, but." That one, and I'm we'll sure there's a lot of other Samuel Jackson quotes you could have used after those five consecutive drives, too. Yeah, I don't know, but not, <laughs> not, not that would you know play well on the D4 podcast. We keep true, it clean. True, true. We keep it clean, ladies and gentlemen. And Samuel L. Jackson, as much as I love you, and Samuel, someone tell Sam Jackson he's my bro. A great little uh, you know knockoff song there by DC Loogie. That's a no. You don't get DC Loogie references every day. You, you can on the D4 podcast, but Samuel L. Jackson, you don't have very many quotes. Uh, that we can use on this on this podcast, but we but we'd love to have you on. So if anybody knows Samuel L. Jackson, and I'm not talking about Samuel Jackson, the starting quarterback for the uh, Cal Bears this year, by the way, 
<laughs> Talk about the other one. Well, but anyway. well, we know that he doesn't really turn down movie roles. Do you think if we asked him for an interview, he'd ever turn that down? I think he probably would, unfortunately. Dang. Eh, it's worth a shot, right? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, but let's face it. Between him and Nicolas Cage, surely one of them would come on the show. I mean... You, you, would, you would think, right? Maybe, that, maybe we get them on together. Okay, now we're just dreaming. Now we're just dreaming. Let's talk about the rabbit hole. Yeah, well, animals, baby. Animals, snakes on a plane. Uh, there we go. There you Doesn't go. Any more D four than that? All right, Dustin, we got to wrap this wrap this show up here in the next couple of minutes. But let's first let's give the update on uh, on fantasy for the week. Uh, a solid week for you. Uh, unfortunately, you went five and two this week, uh, putting you at thirty five and thirty and three overall. I'd say fortunately to- for me. Well, yeah, not unfortunately. You, way, I, you know, I think I will. Guys, yeah, I got it. I, yeah, no doubt. And um, uh, you are up four in Pickham still. Uh, I, I will say this much, uh, you know, back at the, you know, the, at the uh, one of our first episodes, we did our NFL preview, and halfway through the season, I have three of the four NFL divisions exactly correct, and I'm only uh, only have one team out of order in the AFC West and AFC and NFC North. Uh, so I would say actually my predictions are for the most part uh, doing doing pretty well. Um, you, you don't get any points for that though, but good job. Well, thank you very much. Did you happen to yeah. check on yours, or uh, or, do, or do you know? No, I can give an update on the, on our next episode on how I'm doing with that. All right, that sounds good. Uh, fantasy basketball, Dustin. And I just want to say a couple things here, all right? I, I'm going to sidebar just a minute because I said at the beginning that, you know, you, you, you suckered me into this, and I was like, I don't even know how this is scored. And you're like, ah, you know, it's just like points. You know, it's, it's like basketball, points and rebounds. That's not it at all. You play head-to-head. There's eight different categories including field goal percentage and free throw percentage and blocks and assists and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And how am I supposed to know, know all this stuff? Guys like you been doing basketball your whole life. You know all this stuff. And you come in after two weeks and your record is nine and seven. And what's my record? Who have you beaten, sir? And, and what are oh, their records? You can only beat the teams you play. And I'm 14 and two. And I'm in first place. Though I am playing my nephew, Micah, who's in second place at 13-3. and three. Right now he's edging me a little bit, but it's close. It's 5-3. to three. Yeah, you, both of y'all have played the two bottom teams. Hey, how do you know they're the bottom two teams in the first week of the season? How do you know that? Because of their record. But they, they didn't have a record anyway. They have bad records because our teams are good. Bottom line. I'm up. I got 14-2. You're at 9-7. and seven. We'll see how this plays out. So, so how did you know that the Lions, when they went 0-16, were bad? I mean, they started off 0-2, right? You got to get to 0-16 starting off 0-2. I'm not even going to entertain that logic. What in the yeah. Fantasy Another rabbit Premier hole. League, fantasy Premier yeah, animals. <laughs> we're, chasing, we're chasing the white rabbit or the green fairy or something on that one. But uh, <laughs> goodness sakes. Fantasy Premier League, you got me by one point because – my defenseman got a red card. Thank you, Christian Romero, for giving me minus four on the last game of the week. I had 35, which, and this week is was one of the worst in the history of the Premier League when none of the major guys scored. But I'm still up 
And and I think what I had thirty yeah. was it thirty four or thirty three, and like the highest was like one hundred and sixteen. Well, yeah, but the average this week was only like thirty. So I mean, you know, we were actually doing pretty good. But I'm still up on you by sixty six at this point. So I think, I think, I think chipping you know, away, chip, chipping yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, one, one at a time. Hey, look, it's a long season, but it ain't that long. That's what I'm saying. All right, last call. What do you got for me for last call? Oh. I just, I mean, I'm looking forward to spending time with family this weekend. Getting to do this live will be fun. Um, yeah, just just spending time talking sports live, and we'll throw it all together, and it'll probably be a mess, and we'll have fun with it. So that's that's what I can end with. Well, you know, and, and I, I would, you know, let it go and be that sentimental and sappy and kind, but then I saw this today, uh, a group of Irish football fans, <clears throat> probably about 200 of them, we're drinking, shock, standing outside of Victoria's Secret in Denmark, cheering as the women went into shop. And as they came out, they cheered and they kept cheering and until they would do the unboxing where the ladies would then hold up what they bought and the whole crowd would go crazy and cheer. And they just did this for, <laughs> I don't even know, a while in Denmark because Irish football fans, man. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Just, it was actually, it was very funny. Oh, a, a, another good one. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg tore his ACL uh, prepping for his, you know, his uh, MMA match with Elon Musk. That's so, ridiculous. That's all we need to say about that. But, but uh, you know, it, as, a, as a, a, a way to show how, how good the world is right now, fights broke out outside of the Museum of Tolerance. So that's got to be a good sign. The Museum of Tolerance. There are, apparently there's lots of these. This happened to be in Los Angeles, apparently, where the fight broke out. So thank you, L.A., for bringing that. And I did see an advertisement. This doesn't have anything to do with sports or drinking, I suppose, really, but um, maybe kind of. Uh, there was an, an advertisement here in, in London. Well, there in London, since I'm not here in London at the time. But for a furniture store that said, no Swedish meatballs. No instructions and no divorce, <laughs> which I thought was a pretty good dig at IKEA. And having just myself purchased I, several new IT, IKEA items, it's not far off. No, I put together furniture from IKEA, and I will say, uh, instructions helpful. <laughs> Well, if you can call them instructions, there are literally no words in the IKEA catalogs, of course. Just pictures of guys going, eh, eh, and... Uh, and those guys don't even know what they're doing. No chance. Those guys couldn't put together an IKEA workbench. Not a chance. All right. Well, look, we got to wrap this up. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you to our Australian friend. Come back. You've only listened once. I beckon you one more time. Uh, to the rest of you, you know, like we say... Give us a like, give us a share on social media, give us a review, give us a follow. We really appreciate you uh, you tuning in uh, each week when you do, and you know look forward to uh, getting to know all of you um, who are listening. Dustin, give us a give us a final send off. Just like Nick said, we appreciate it. Um, each time we we uh, try to end with getting the word out, and so uh, if you would please. Uh, give us a like, give us a share, let your friends know, uh, water cooler talk, whatever that looks like for y'all. Um, we appreciate you listening and uh, just 
it up, and we're going to keep it up from our end. So, again, thank you for listening. And remember, it's noon somewhere. D4 Sports is brought to you by Don and Dustin. And by our sponsors, Sports and Day Drinking. Special thanks go to Trey Klein for providing the music behind D4 and all our friends and family for supporting us throughout this episode.